0: out the dankest of the dang, rolls up some news stories, passes them around, and we all learn a little something. Underneath John's joints, I'll be playing lullaby versions of somewhat popular songs. You're more than welcome to guess them, should you see fit to do so. I still can't get over gazing upon that spectacle-free, beautiful face of yours, and I, I think of you when you're not around, when it's... Muggy AF outside, and my glasses start fogging up, and I think I know a dude who
1: doesn't have to deal with this stuff, John Senning. Tell us why, John. Yeah, I'm actually starting, now that my face feels so exposed, I find myself, you know, I just get into weird things, and I just take things to the next level. I'm finding myself getting very into, like, facial creams and, like, eye creams and stuff now because my face is so uh, exposed that I think I need to just make it you know, as as healthy as possible. Yeah, because it's been they, 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 your your eyes and your face are hidden when you're wearing glasses. And like Drew said, the mugginess of Florida is just one thing that can affect your life negatively when it comes to having to wear glasses. God forbid you're somebody who wears contacts, where you're constantly have to sticking your you know, stick your fingers Ugh. in your eyeballs. I could never even do that. But because of Uptograph laser vision, I don't have to worry about either or any of those scenarios. I went in for my surgery a little over two weeks ago and it, it was shocking. I've used the word magic because I was in and out in three and a half hours. I went home, took a uh, nice long nap. And when I woke up, I had 20, 20 vision. The next day I went on a road trip and I was doing pretty much everything that I would do in my normal life. Feeling fine and seeing like I had never seen before. Everything is a milestone now. I was talking to Amy Cardi, who got uh, who got LASIK done by Doctor Uptograph back in the day, and she said, "I remember that feeling of the, the you have all of your first over again. Your first sporting event, your first day out on the water, you know, your first concert and." Experiencing those things is really, really cool. And right now, they're offering $1,000 off LASIK and Uptograph Laser Vision. So call 727-551-2020 for a free consultation. And you can also book online www.lasik4me.com. Dr. uptograph is the GOAT. Uh, if you're going to or you're thinking about LASIK, why not get it done by the best of the best, Dr. Uptograph So the situation with Brian Laundrie, where he may or may not be, is still a mystery. Uh, So the Northport police are back searching today in the Carlton Preserve area in Sarasota County. Uh, There have been images. They're being very vocal about It's really tough. It's tough to get in and out and search places in there because it's swampy. Everybody knows all the rain we've been getting. Uh, There's gator and gators and snakes everywhere. So some images today that were interesting. They're bringing in heavy machinery and and it hasn't quite been explained yet why they're doing that. Uh, A lot of people confused some of the thoughts that make the most sense. Maybe they're going to have to. You know, trek their own roads. Maybe they're going to have to get in there and actually take down trees and certain things uh, t- to make roads. I think this is my conspiracy theory hat that I'm putting on real quick. Yes. I think this search happening by the Northport Police Department, uh, I think it's a red herring of itself. I think they are putting that out there to make Brian believe that they are searching there oh. when really they know his ass is long gone. Whatever happened with the car being at the preserve, I think is BS. There's a guy I uh, I mentioned his name to you earlier. Uh, his name is Brian Enton. He is doing um, all the corresponding from the laundry house uh, for News Nation, which is, does uh, HLN News and stuff. He says that the car was at the parents' house Wednesday night the parents say, cause he's been posted up pretty much the entire time. He has pictures of the, the Mustang at the house on Wednesday. The parents say they went and got the Mustang from the preserve on Thursday. So I think that is all of a, uh, all a lie. Uh, the, the, other big piece of news, I guess you could say, uh, authorities in Florida are saying today they are actively investigating deer cam footage that captured a hiker resembling Brian Laundry trekking through the wilderness. Sam Bass said he spotted the man toting a backpack at 617 a.m. Monday in the town of Baker, Florida, about 500 miles away from Laundry's home. In Northport. Uh, The Facebook post says, I'm not saying this is the guy, but whoever was on my trail cam this morning in Baker strongly fits the description of Brian Brian Laundry. Sorry, I was just choking out a little bit. Yeah, a little choked up about the whole thing. Uh, So I've seen people doing it, and and I put it into my iPhone, too, just to see if it's true. You know, if you go to your Google Maps and you can put it on walk mode? Yeah. If you started walking on Tuesday and you barely stopped, you'd be right about there by this time. Okay. Which seems... Tough that you'd be able to do it without barely stopping. Maybe he did get some rides along the way. Uh, but it's very, very interesting to think that he may be on this trail cam. Another thing that I don't know how much to read into, the police are saying they don't know how it happened. Have you have you seen the images and heard about the uh, stone uh, memorial that has been built at the spot where they found her body? No. Yeah, they don't know. They're not sure. They They don't fully understand because there's been so many police. Uh, they said people could have guessed that that was roughly the area but almost in the same exact spot where they found her body somebody in the last 48 hours has come and put a rock mi- memorial that's in a big cross made with rocks in the in the spot that they found her huh I saw that there was a rainbow, uh, the, rainbow the, yeah. the, the rainbow too the uh, rainbow too is very very interesting mm-hmm. um, so I've got some audio here uh, you know yesterday for it's okay it's not okay we talked about the blame game and who should be taking the blame who but- should Oh, sorry. John? Who shouldn't be taking the blame? Um, and John Wal—wait, John, yeah, John Walsh, John Walsh. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Uh, his son, son was Adam Walsh, who was uh, kidnapped and murdered brutally. And uh, you know, he's obviously the host of America's Most Wanted, or was. And he's whenever somebody's missing, he's kind of a voice of reason. And he is not easy on the Northport police or anybody involved uh, in the investigation. Here's the audio. I'm gonna press play.
2: From the beginning, Robin, and thank you for having me, it's great to see you. From the beginning, this has been a tragedy of errors. Let's go back, I I watched that 911 call released yesterday, and I watched the video of the interview by the two cops. 911 operators are overwhelmed but how that operator didn't get it to those cops that the people the wonderful guy that was passing through and saw him beating Gabby and then punching her when they got in the car how that wasn't relayed to the cops they did just the opposite they they sheltered him and wrote up in their report that he was the victim she was, you could see if you look in that video, I've been involved in domestic cases, domestic abuse cases forever, she was scared to death in that video, she was scared to death that they would let her go and he he probably killed her right after that that was mistake number one mistake number two this dirtbag shows up at his parents home after four years on the road with his fiance's van but she's not in it they lived in the house the dirty laundries house that's what i'm calling the family the dirty laundries (laughs) and and he's there for 10 days and he never mentions where gabby is and never tells her parents who
1: You think they end up arresting these parents? It's hard to believe in a world where they are one step past complicit. It's not just we're throwing our hands up and whatever he's doing, we're not telling anybody. I believe they're actively involved in ensuring that he got a head start. And you can believe that. And the cops can believe that. But until they have proof. Oh, I think they've got proof. Oh, I think I don't know what that proof is, but I think definitely out of all of the things they took out of that, that car, uh, another interesting tidbit when it comes to um, what they took, what's going on, you know, uh, the laundry family's attorney was scheduled to hold the press conference today at one o'clock in the middle of the night, he canceled that and said it was due to a conversation he had with the FBI. I think that he knows that it's all crumbling whether Brian is found or not. I bet you they take his parents in in the next 48 hours. I think everything they have there they have rights to all of their computers all of their social media. They took everything out of their camper out of their shed. I think something in that house will show that not only did they know but they helped him Get a head start. Oh, man. Personally. Sexy. That's my thought. And just one last piece that, uh, you know, I don't want to dwell on too much, but I'm seeing it catch more and more wind, so I'll just play you this short clip of audio from MSNBC. Uh, shocking, the second uh, clip from Joy Reid in about a week. Uh, she was the one who pissed off Nicki Minaj as well. Here's her take on the coverage that uh, that uh, Gabby Petito's disappearance and potential murder has been getting.
3: If you've been watching the news for the past few days or on Twitter or TikTok, you're probably familiar with the name Gabby Petito, the 22-year-old aspiring social media influencer who was reported missing after her fiancé returned from their van life excursion without her. On Sunday, human remains believed to be Petito's were found in a national park in Wyoming. An autopsy is scheduled for tomorrow to confirm the identity. Now, it goes without saying that no family should ever have to endure that kind of pain. And the Petito family certainly deserves answers and justice.
1: There's a buck coming. But the
3: way this story has captivated the nation has many wondering, why not the same media attention when people of color go missing? Well, the answer actually has a name, Missing White Woman Syndrome, the term coined by the late and great Gwen Eiffel to describe the media and public fascination with missing white women like Lacey Peterson or Natalie Holloway while ignoring cases involving missing people of color. Now, I
1: know there's, there is some definite truth in that sure. in, in, in a lot of ways, but I, I also do believe that there are other layers to it other than race. I think that situationally and the situation has a lot to do with interest because I bet you there's a lot of you know, backwood crackhead white women and other people that go missing that nobody ever care about ever. I think with this case, particularly the fact they were so ingrained in social media, the fact that you can look at at so much of what was going on right before she went missing and then just the intrigue of the cover up and everything being played out right before us. I think that feeds into the interest less less from my perspective of it's just a white woman and that's the only reason we care. So I don't think in this case race plays the
0: sole factor in why it's so interesting. Like you said, I think this does happen. I think indigenous Americans and people of color are probably overlooked in the in the case of missing white women, but I think in this case it's just so compelling because of all the
1: circumstances. Does that make any sense at all? Absolutely. It's just it's it's, it's so much and now that we've added or that we're finding out that so many of these leads, possibly her being found, is directly related to the tips that they got from people that were out recording in this van life community and things that come along with it. All those little details just feed into the intrigue. So, yeah. you know, you can have somebody go missing and, and i think a lot of things can make people interested other or disinterested other than than, than just their race it, right. it's when it seems to be kind of out of nowhere when you've got a boyfriend uh that that's there you've got the the arrest right on video all of that feeds into it uh i think it's just the entire story but t- take all of that i can't remember the last time that people were this invested in a singular one person being murdered or or uh missing no. in, in the last few years at least Mm-mm. Of all colors. I mean, I I feel like one thing
0: that everybody does know is that with the start of the pandemic, people are just glued to social media more than ever in the history of the Internet. Everybody's attached to everything. And I think that with, you know,
1: being locked up in our homes and on quarantines and all that stuff, people just needed something to grasp onto. You almost wonder, is that, you know, it's a social experiment. Like, are people just looking for anything that isn't politics or COVID to bury their nose in? Because it, it it is almost... I don't know if bizarre is the word, but but interesting at the very least to see how this has resonated with so many people. NFL
0: ratings are up. Like, everything that can possibly provide you with a distraction from this god-awful pandemic, I think people are welcoming.
1: The other thing that can uh, get your mind off of things is weed. And the legalization of recreational marijuana uh, has broadly increased the availability of cannabis and the number of cannabis users. In the latest information, an estimated 31.5 million individuals over 12 in the U.S. use cannabis in the last month. These rates are growing at approximately 10% per year. Hell yeah. But there's, there's a new wrinkle here that... I think the hardcore, you don't even have to be hardcore. The people who know, understand, and the people who don't, don't. Edibles are changing the game and making more people have bad experiences. The rise in edible cannabis has had several unintended consequences, in particular, a rise in the number of cases of accidental overdoses, as they're being called. Edibles contain a range of different THC concentrations, including many with several times the average dose for an adult. Also, the onset of drug effects for edibles is much longer than for smoked or vaped products, and this can lead to uh, individuals over-consuming these products Under the impression that they have underdosed, there is evidence that these cases of overconsumption have led to an increase in the rates of acute cannabinoid intoxication leading to medical attention. Poison control centers have documented a dramatic increase in the number of reports involving edible cannabis rising from 8.4% to 31.2% from 2017 to 2021. Is it because weed is so much stronger now? I think it's just the edibles. I mean, you think about it's not about it being stronger. Think about how many people out there would never try weed, maybe not because they're nerds, but they just would would never dabble in something that was illegal. Right. So they go, okay, this is a new thing. Yeah. I'm going to try it. It's legal. Let me eat a brownie. And you don't look at that brownie and it's
0: a 250-milli brownie.
1: And then you go, okay, it's been 30 minutes and I don't feel anything. (laughs) So let me go ahead and eat another 250-milli brownie. And then... As far as you know it, you are about to die. Yeah. <laughs> the reports also documented the increased risk to children from edibles with these products making up 48% of reports involving children under 10, despite only 11.1% of cannabis sales nationwide. Now, that is crazy. So, edibles only 11% of cannabis sales nationwide, but 48% of the of the issues with children under 10 uh, being with edibles. And I... I know you should be able to keep it away from your kids. And maybe it's the a, a stoner apologist in me. That just breaks my heart to think of a kid because <laughs> they're not going to die. But just uh, looking at your kid just high as hell. Oh, I would feel like such an idiot. Yeah. Even a, now, my son's 18.
0: If I were to accidentally dose him, I'd feel awful. Yeah. He'd love it. <laughs> yeah. He'd be like, oh, what a, it's a great accident. Not those brownies. Brownies.
1: Thanks, Pa. You the man, Dad. Told you not to touch those banana bread muffins. Those are daddy's medicine. So there is there, there is something happening at the border, and what uh, I saw. Oh, diff- and depending okay. on who you are, uh, it's not good. It is uh, there are Haitians uh, coming from Haiti, uh, whether they are swimming twelve thousand at a time, uh, taking a boat, or being uh, chartered over here in a luxury plane. They somehow have made it to the Texas border, and we're getting to the point now where um, border control is. It, or, have been pictured using whips on these immigrants for different reasons. Yeah. Um, whether to get them away from the border or to stop them from doing certain things, it's what's happened. So I got two clips of audio here. The first from our vice president uh, giving her thoughts on the footage and the images of whips being used on, uh, on, Im- on uh, immigrants. What I saw depicted about
3: um, those individuals on horseback Treating human beings the way they were is horrible, and um, I fully support what is happening right now, which is a thorough investigation into exactly what is going on there. Um, But human beings should never be treated that way, and I'm deeply troubled about it. The whole point is that we have to understand Haiti. I mean, talk about a country that has just experienced so much. Uh, tragedy that has been about natural disasters, they've been-
1: it, it, it's very interesting because what's you know I, that shouldn't make anybody feel good, you know, seeing those images. But I will say the sensationalism and the way that that we as a country, especially certain people, can get hyper focused mm. on one thing like it's the end of the world. We live in a country where we are shooting and killing each other every single day, right. and it, it's just it's business as usual. One picture like this comes up, and and people are melting in their seats can't wrap their head around the tragedy that happened at the border. And like I said, it's bad. I don't sign off on it, but, but we're such a singular vision as a country that one thing can seem like the biggest thing in the world when it when in actuality, it was a picture, a moment in time when, when a lot of other things are going on. Uh, the second piece of audio, just to kind of compare against that, the secretary of Homeland security, uh, Alejandro, mm, I even practiced it during the commercial break. Got this. May That's it. That doesn't feel right. Um, Given a pretty good uh, statement about whether or not you should come here if you're an immigrant, sounds a lot like build that wall.
0: We have reiterated that our borders are not open and people should not make the dangerous journey. Individuals and families are subject to border restrictions, including expulsion. Irregular migration poses a significant threat to the health and welfare Welfare. Of border communities and to the lives of the migrants themselves,
2: and should not be attempted. It's
0: pretty cut and dry. Yeah, you can say that, but man, if I'm fleeing a a, a dictatorship or a third world, I don't know that I'm going to heed much uh, much attention to that. No,
1: but I mean, yeah. we touched on it yesterday. We're currently in the in the process of the largest expulsion of migrants in history. They yeah. are loading these people on planes and taking them back. Yeah, so. That's true. W- that's up to you. If you want to make that journey, uh, you know, across the Gulf or however the hell you got here, only to be d- immediately put in a plane Oof. and taken back home, yeah. I mean, that doesn't sound like fun either. No, so, To me, it'd be worth the chance, though. It, it is, it's It's interesting just how things have to change, you know, that the, the, it's easy to feel one way and then seeing what it looks like in real time when you see these thousands of people camped out at the border thinking that they're just going to get in No matter whether you think they shouldn't come in or not, I think the average person should be able to look at that and go, it's pretty damn sad. Yeah. (laughs) And then now there's whether, no matter how they made that trek, it was a long one, and they're going, you know, a lot of them are just going right back. All that for nothing. This so we touched on a story within the last few days of of the uh, the baboon that had a little uh, lion cub uh, up in the tree, yeah. and, and that was very very interesting. But nothing nothing quite like this story out of Malaysia. That if you believe the way it's told, uh, has had Malaysia just just all shook up over the last week. Uh, the puppy loving public in Malaysia is rejoicing after a cute canine was rescued after being kidnapped by a wild monkey and held it hostage for three days. There are videos going viral of the rescue, uh, online. It looked like it was treating the puppy as a friend or it's baby, one <laughs> bystander said. That's Cherry Lou Yili, uh, told Newsflare of the Harry hostage situation. The fiasco began. Um, two The we- two-week-old puppy named Saru was... I didn't want to say this, but you're just going to love it too much that well, I have to do all right. it. Um, was abducted uh, by a macaque and carried to the top of a telephone pole like a mini version of King Kong. Uh, The macaque then proceeded to scale rooftops and tightrope walk on power lines with the puppy. Residents believe that the monkey snatched the pup from a litter of stray dogs in the neighborhood. In the accompanying footage, the pilfering primate can be seen moving about trees with, uh, with the canine. But after many days, it became clear that the dog was not being cared for. It was starving and hadn't had any water. Uh, so in a, in a last-ditch effort while on the power line, uh, a group of people di- were able to rescue the puppy um, from the macaque. I know macaque's gone after. Never mind. Not, not even going to finish that. It is. It's a weird set of emotions that I feel when reading the story. Cause I'm looking at the images of this macaque, uh, looking like it just found the love of its life. Yeah. But, and I know that the dog may have not ate or drank in three days, but how do we know that they weren't forming a bond and that they weren't right. becoming best friends, especially if there was conflicting reports, whether it was a stray or whether it came from somebody. I know the news from Malaysia can be tricky, but Who's to say that they weren't best friends? Right. You have to just separate the two of them into different rooms and then interrogate them to find out what's really going on here. It's kind of sad when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be thinking of that little puppy. I'll yeah. be thinking of you. Yeah. Uh, our cell phones, how much we use them, what we do with them. Uh, you know, it's, it's a constant debate. Are we looking at our phones too much? If you mm-hmm. have that thing on your phone where you can see your, your screen, screen time, time. Uh, it can make you want to, you know, stick your head in a bucket of water and not come back up because Ugh. it's just it's just sad. So despite our attempts to curb our phone use, we're connected to our phones more than ever in a new study from uh, uh, Asurion, who I, I think pretty much has all of the uh, insurance uh, accounts on all of our phones. Yeah. I know that at least for Verizon and a, and a lot of other people, they did a study that showed the average American, did you see this? You want to take a guess? No. How many times do you think the average American checks their phone? In in a day? In a day. Oh, man. 50. Uh oh. 100. You got one, Joey? Uh, I'd say 100 sounds pretty right. You guys are close there. 96 times a day. That's once every uh, 10 minutes. (sighs) According to news uh, research by the global tech care company, Asurion, that's a 20% daily increase that was done in the same exact study two years ago. Gross. That's scary because you just ask yourself, is there a cap? Right So if it's gone up 20 percent in two years, what does another 10 years look like? Are we it, it can be bizarre enough when you're out and about in a public place and you look down and you realize every single person is looking at their phone. So imagine what it looks like in another time frame where maybe we won't have the choice to look away from our phones. I know that sounds dramatic. Well, uh,
0: I noticed when we were at Janice on Saturday that it was so refreshing because there was hardly anybody
1: holding up yeah. their phone. And I think it's because there haven't been a lot of concerts, so we want to be present yeah. at those. I think so. I, and, I, and I think you would be interested to know what concerts that is more apt to be the case and right. what concerts aren't. Man, I, I'm trying like hell to break the addiction, but it's so hard, dude. Did you feel that it What Did you find yourself feeling that way last night at & Oats? Um, no,
0: I, I, I allowed myself one Instagram live and no, no, then one. no, not, one not the photograph. addiction part. Oh. The,
1: seeing other people on their phone uh there were a lot of More. older people yeah a lot of older people. older people that's what's so weird and sad to a certain extent too is that you think it's a a, a younger people thing it's not but something about the older people it it can be even worse at times specifically yep. in moments like that maybe they're not as buried in their phone but i think that 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 older people are more likely to want to ca- capture something on their phone. Gross. How about the older person who brings their entire iPad <laughs> and that's what
0: they're using to film? That's that's ugly. That's
1: a good look. Uh, a, a few of the other findings on this survey, uh, people say they want to keep in touch. Staying connected with friends and family is the number one reason people use their phones regardless of age or gender. I find that to be a lie. Um, people don't want to talk. For the first time ever, texting is now the king across all age groups, even among... Baby boomers. In fact, baby boomers are seven times more likely to text than they are to talk in person hmm. and twice as likely to send a text instead of call. That's intriguing. Yeah, it is. Because I would still think that wouldn't catch up. Uh, balance is another thing. Despite their increased phone use, nearly half of Americans say their smartphones actually help them achieve more work-life balance, mm. not less. Okay. I mean, that's the thing. Some of these things are just going to be, they just have to be lies. Yeah. They are. Yeah, they really are. Um... You know, if, if you find a, a car that says free on it, there's gotta be there's gotta be a reason. I don't think that often you're just gonna find a car with the keys in it that say free car and everything beyond the up and up. Like Frank Garabo said, "Ain't no such thing as a free car." Yeah, uh, it, and and it could be worse than that. Oh. Uh, this is uh this is from Copiah County in Mississippi. Um, two men found a car in Beerham with a free car sign on it with the keys inside. They drove the car to Copiah County and looked inside uh, after arriving at a family member's home. And when I say inside, I mean inside the trunk. Mm. That was when they found the body of 34-year-old Anthony McCrillis. Oh. Uh, they say the body had been in there for several days and was found without any clothes on. Uh, the sheriff said the victim's vehicle was seen in Biram, Cope. Copaya County in Jackson uh, over the past few days police have not yet determined what uh, original crime took place so I mean I don't know why this guy was killed and nobody does but what a what an interesting way to cover up the murder you put you kill the guy and then you put him in the the trunk of his own car right. and then put free car on the thing do you do that hoping that the cops aren't going to believe yeah because if you're a cop let's say you're a cop all right i'm a cop okay um interrogate me after you find the body hey uh what's the deal with this body i found in your trunk this isn't even my car i i found this car oh okay yeah what the car was just sitting there and it said free yeah yeah it said free car on it it said free car on it. all right you're coming with me downtown you would hope that it goes that way, and right. then they just can't believe that somebody would be stupid enough to take a car <laughs> with a free uh, car sign on it and a dead body in the trunk, but clearly uh, some people do. 100% of the cars labeled free have dead, car- dead bodies in the trunk. <laughs> uh, and lastly, two more things, uh, just something that I realized I had never thought about in my life. Uh, and once you start thinking about it, your, your brain can go to crazy places. Uh, CNA, CNN uh, just did an expose. The headline reads, the mysterious sex lives of dinosaurs. Dinosaurs must have had sex to reproduce, but how did they do it? With the neck frills, the armored plates, and tails tipped with spikes, yeah. nobody really knows. No fossil has revealed two dinosaurs caught in the act. The only known vertebrates to be unequivocally uh, preserved mating are a pair of 47 million year old turtles that were attached by their genitals as they got buried alive. Oh, it is so <laughs> It is also not possible to easily determine whether a dinosaur is ma- male or female from fossilized bones. Isn't that kind of interesting? As much as we no- know about dinosaurs, we don't know anything about how they were having sex. Yeah. What if they were doing it in a weird way? Not like in the butt or anything, but just like what if it was just not the way that we think sex right, goes? Right. Like they had to, like a T Rex you know, like pleasures himself onto a rock. Well, first of all, T-Rex's arms arms are too short to pleasure himself. Okay, even better. Like, ah, listen, How about this? Let's it. say, and I'm just making this up. It's oh, on the fly. All right. So there, let's say there were these very unique cave structures that had little cracks in them. So the T-Rex would go up behind them and technically stick his T-Rex wiener in the hole and just T-Rex finish himself all inside the cave. And then the lady T-Rex had to come in and like... Like, you know, and that's how d- dinosaurs got pregnant.
0: Are, are you all burnt up?
1: If we don't know, we don't know.
0: Okay. Why are you acting like I'm crazy? I'm not acting like you're crazy. It's just a very vivid description you just
1: gave. I just wanted to. Uh, I just wanted to uh, uh, end on a note of uh, Gronk saying he's never watched film in his life.
2: A serious question. He goes, "Do
1: you ever watch film?" And I said, "No." I don't. It's, I just run by
0: guys. If, I, if I'm feeling good, I'm okay. feeling good. <laughs> so I don't know how to answer that, Eli. I don't, I don't watch film, but just, I do watch keep it film when, when the when the team is showing it. <laughs> so, uh, I, and every once in a while, I watch games like right now and study them. But uh, I, I actually, you know, definitely do I, check yeah, the I see you taking notes and everything. He's a player. Yes, I definitely, <laughs> I, and I actually do go up to Tom because I know Tom watches like I don't know, 40 hours of film a week. I go, Tom, who's covering (laughs) me this week? What type of coverages are they doing? I go, that's why I love playing. Is that an act? Yeah, it is. He watches film. He, he plays the Gronk persona real well.
1: Yeah, we kind of bashed the uh, Peyton Eli thing last week. They got so much better last night with yep. guests like Gronk and uh, Pat McAfee. I, I found myself watching that. Uh, the line's melted down, and I'm all burned up. Uh, hang tight if you're on the line. We'll come back and talk about Phil Collins' sad existence. loss is the medically supervised program that keeps you accountable and keeps you losing weight. They've got doctors that actually meet with you and figure out what you need to do to keep losing weight. and not. It's not always about the LBs on the scale. Sometimes you're holding on to water weight. Sometimes you're gaining muscle weight. And that's why you go in, you meet with the doctors who keep you motivated and let you know what you've got to do to keep the journey going on the right path. And right now, they want to offer Bone listeners a free assessment. Go to StartMedi.com slash 1025. That's StartMedi.com slash 1025. Or call 877-MED-LOSS today. Make sure you let them know you heard John Sending talking about Garabo Live. It's Drew Garabo Live on 102.5 The Bone.